You know, you're a businessman, you you get the best customer, how you treat them. You treat them with care, like, a, like you know, you, you, you carry, you know, but 24 hours, 365 a day, you will have the best life. If you piss off your wife 365 a day, you will be miserable. start. First off, I talk about my sex research a little bit in this episode, and I reference a course that I teach on sex for men who have sex with women. It is called Please Her in Bed. It's a streaming course. It's available anytime on my site or pleaseherinbed.com. And if you're interested in that, you can use the code DEARMEN, which will drop the course from $97 to $69. So just go to pleaseherinbed.com and use code DEARMEN. That's all one word, DEARMEN, if you're interested in that. And I also wanted to say thank you to my new patrons. Um, really appreciate you. I um, I have a sort of personal goal of of having 100 patrons before my birthday, which is in October. And so many of you have joined already that I think we're up to 26 people. So thank you for that. It feels really good. It feels like yeah, it feels like overflow. So I just wanted to say thanks for that. And if you are interested in becoming a patron and you join at a $10 a month or more level, then you get access to our monthly Q&As with me live. Our next live Q&A will be next week. So if you want to get in on that, go ahead and become a patron at a $10 or more level. And to do that, you just Google Dear Men Podcast Patreon and it should come up right away. everyone. Welcome back to another episode. I am excited to welcome to the podcast Guy Blaise. He is a Frenchman and author of Love Like the French and Love Like a Man. And Love Like a Man just came out last week. So mazel tov on your book release. <laughs> Merci. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes. Bienvenue. We are very happy to have you. Enchanté. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, you have a really interesting background. And I think that um, one of the things that caught my attention when I was looking you up was that you have um, dating experience in Europe and in North America. And you've talked in part about um, your experience and just your sort of observations about yes. how women have been a lot more likely to speak up about yes. sex and, and other things I would imagine, yes. um, outside of North America. And I'm, yes. I'm interested in that, uh, just region of things. So I would love to hear about your own experience and then, you know, other observations that you've, you've made in that vein. Yeah, so when when I left France, I came to America. So at first, my first expression experience was, uh, you know, the way people act. Yeah, it's like you feel like you're a theocracy. You know, like God is watching every North American and what they have to say. The first word that I learned was a PDA. So 
I was like, what is what is about? You know, or you see a couple walking in the street, you wonder like, these people, it's like two strangers, but they spouse, you know, husband and wife, why they don't kiss, why they don't hold hands? And and it's like, okay, maybe the Puritans have done so much damage in this North American people. So, so yeah, so I start uh, writing notes, uh, basically uh, observation. And of course, every time I send messages to my family or friends in France, they're always like, really? Oh, that's true? Really? Uh, you know, I mean, eventually uh, came out the idea to write a book. Uh, uh, first book uh, I wrote was uh, Vive la Différence, so uh, a Frenchman perspective on love and relationships. So comparing France and uh, Americans, North Americans in general, Canadian and including the U.S. And that's where my adventure started for writing. And, uh, and then after that, uh, I got so many letters from women. Uh, um, and then uh, I decided to write a love like to French. So what I did, um, I got a collection of letters coming from women everywhere, some even north of Canada. Um, I took uh, this, the best 60 letters and then I answered to those questions. So love like to French uh, came from there. So then, uh, of course, uh, more reactions pushed me to go and write love like a man. Uh, to just give a, you know, the title is a Frenchman's Guide uh, to Help American Men to Be Better Partners. Voila. So if we rewind a little bit and you were mentioning, you know, that, you, you know, maybe Puritans messed up the culture here in North America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's amazing that God, you go, you go every street, you see churches and like, okay, but. On Sunday, the churches are empty. You know, it's always more, you know, certain category of people. But then what's the fear of holding your partner's hands in the public or kissing? You still can't go to heaven if you kiss your partner. <laughs> yeah. But the it sounds like for you, one of the felt differences was affection, physical affection, yes. cuddling, holding hands. It, yeah. And what you said, you know, PDA was not even really a concept in no. in France or in Europe. It's just no, it's a, it's us. Yeah, it's normal. It's, it's normal. normal. Uh, you so go when, to Paris in Zurich, or you go to Barcelona. You see uh, the same atmosphere, the expression of love in the subway, in the, in the metro, huh? everywhere. Park, love is there. You can breathe it. You can see it. You know, and. In your experience, I'm curious in your personal experience um, of actually dating women, you know, as a man who dates women, dating women in France versus dating women in North America, what kinds of differences did you notice? Well, the difference uh, is very, like, uh, the France women are very outspoken. Um, one plus one equal two. It's no... Well, here one plus one can be about two. It's not exactly two, but it's maybe two or three. But so the French women have a list of things that they expect from a guy. Manners. The way you talk to them, 
Oh, this uh, if, if you stand in the, in the subway in Paris, uh, you see women standing. You, they, they don't smile, but you may throw something, you just say something, and it can make them smile. The way you approach your women in France is a different way uh, here. So yeah, the the, the women women in France um, have more uh, exigence, uh, more uh, things that they expect from a man. Well, higher standards. Yeah. Would you say higher standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, higher standard, definitely. But here, women tolerate too much things that sometimes I'm wondering, well, why? Why would you? You need to raise your bar a little bit higher and more demanding, being more demanding. Because me, as a French living here, a small gesture to a woman, they, they make it 10 times bigger. I wonder well, why? Small thing, just small, but. That's what we expect as a man to do. Yeah, can you give some examples of what you mean by small gestures that you have, that you've done for North American women that they've been so appreciative or just well, really- I'll give you an example just this morning. I'm a member at the YMCA. I was uh, biking six in the morning, uh, cycling class. Was well, the lady came in and full, well, because she had to pull her back. Hopefully I get out from my bike because I knew she had, she couldn't hand, you know, her hand food. Went inside, grabbed her bike, installed it. And well, she told me, thank you 10 times. I will not see a woman struggling, pulling, uh, you know, it's called chivalry, right? Galanterie. Um, small things or holding a door or it's just a natural things that people eat. And kindness is is beautiful, being kind. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you helped her with her bike because you saw that her hands were full and yeah. she was... She was running late. The Hi. class about to start. Oh, it didn't take me a, a minute to go grab a bike and put it in a position so she can just uh, jump on the bike. But yeah. she thanked me before, after, and when she was leaving... Walk with me, thank me again at the door. One is enough. <laughs> and it sounds like this; these were the kinds of things that you were writing to your family about in France. Yes. Oh, this yeah. is really different. It's so different here. People are a lot more distant. I mean, did, what, what did it feel like to you? Did it feel distant? Or what was the feeling of like, wow, it feels um, different? The feeling is it's like American, the North Americans overshare. There are things that uh, some people, or men especially, share about their personal life with their wife, or that it's a faux pas in France. You know, if, if you put down your 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 wife in front of your male colleague, well, she's your choice. I mean, it's embarrassing. You pick her as a wife. But if you try to throw her in the bus just to make her look like, even though the wife, we don't even know her, we never met her, but it's... it's how much is enough, you know? You need to lift your partner, not to put them down, to look better. Uh, so, voila. Um, so that was one of the things that you noticed in North yeah. America was oh, yeah. and would talk about their partners in a way that wasn't very kind? No, no necessary, you know, good way. Uh, you know, like we have a saying in French, it's if you don't have too much to say, just be quiet. Um, you know, don't, don't just... Make yourself feel good, uh, and it's not necessarily you're going to get a candy by 
putting your 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 wife down in front of your colleagues without sometimes those wife we never met them you know yeah. So, so yeah and i want to go back to that you know that difference Mm-hmm. in your experience in your yeah. personal life yeah. of dating women in France versus dating women in North America mm-hmm. what i'm hearing is that it it sounds like for you dating in North America was pretty great because women were pretty grateful for what you provide is that yeah good? yeah i always say to the anybody uh, uh, even in France uh, for example let's go back to sex Sex doesn't start in the bedroom. It's succeeding. If you want to have sex in the evening or any time in your day, you have to build a momentum. But if you think that, just only here I found out that poor people think, oh, sex, they have to have sex only at night. No sex can happen any time, in any moment of the day. Well, one of the, the, the challenges that I, because I've been dating American, uh, American woman, they're very self-aware of their, their body uh, in a bedroom, and which is a blockage. Well, she's thinking about how, oh, what I'm thinking about her body, but she does not understand that the attraction is not necessarily the physical. It's sometimes it's the intellect. And I find a lot um, a woman who are extremely bright, and people like me, I'm attracted to intelligence. Uh, it doesn't matter. And even the man who's in the bedroom with you, he's not perfect. There's no way someone can say my BMI or whatever is perfect. No, everybody got their guru. It may be your nose. Your... So those things are those things that I have faced here uh, dealing with. And like, I'm not thinking about your weight or I'm not going to be there to judge you, you know? So, and uh, uh, that's what I find uh, it's easier to deal with a French woman, you know, who can just speak her mind and tell you what she thinks. If you mess up, she will tell you, she'll call you out. That's right. right. Yeah, it's interesting because it sounds like part of what you're describing is that North American women are more repressed. And so they are more um, embarrassed about their bodies or yeah. hold shame about their bodies. And so yeah. they're more um, cautious or, or reticent yeah. or just, yeah. I don't know if I would use the word closed, but just there's a lot of um, fear or judgment, self-judgment exactly in the bedroom. And send the, so then you as a man are like, you look great. You know, there's nothing to worry about. I had sex with a lady who had a t-shirt on, on the top because she was concerned about her belly. Was it necessary? No. Or wait for the dark or turn the light off because she won't be in a dark that I may be here uh, judging her. No, that's, that's it's not. It's, she, does, she didn't even realize that what attracted me the most in her is how smart she and how funny she can be uh, comfortable to talk to. But it's not like you go with your notebook, uh, you checking the point, like check my list, that oh, check, check, check. No, that's attraction can be uh, many things, not necessarily the body. Yeah, and it's interesting because I'm curious if you have a theory as to why that is. For example, in North America, we have a lot of 
you know, movie posters and billboards and magazines and a lot of representations of the perfect female body that we constantly compare ourselves to and media. Do you think that's less true in Europe or in Uh, France? uh, Well, I think uh, in France, uh, I think sexuality and body shame is a kind of uh, something that, yeah, it's important, but it's not necessarily something that people focus on. But here, Yes, that's a good point because if you drive in a highway in North America, there's always the perfect woman and big board on the highway. And of course, the sex story and all those things that you say, okay. But at the same time, that all the promoting sex stories on highway, but they're embarrassed to kiss on the public. It's a kind of a contradiction. Like, okay. Uh, yeah, so. That's a true, yeah. It's interesting too, because I I find that I've lived abroad, I've lived in Europe and mm-hmm. I've lived in Asia and I've lived in Latin America. And um, my experience is that there's a lot of fear in North America um, mm-hmm. on the part of men to approach women. There's a lot of fear of doing it wrong or being shamed or attacked for doing it wrong. And so I am approached much less in North America. It's very, very rare that I'm approached. And I found in Europe and Latin America that there was more, it felt, I felt more beautiful. I felt more attractive. I felt more noticed. I felt more, um, more of men coming towards me. And, um, and it felt like from talking to men, because I talked to a lot of men in my job, mm-hmm. that it didn't feel as scary for those men. It, it's like it was more normal all over. It, there was it was just more accepted and more. It, it, there wasn't this kind of culture of fear around approaching. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, did you experience that as a man in North America? Of oh. I'm worried I'll do it wrong and then I'll get a, you know, drink thrown in my face or whatever it was. Did you feel like it was scarier here? Or did you notice that? In no, people? no, it's a, I, I think I find easy, easier to approach women here because they ask questions. They're curious. Where are you from? You got an accent. And even the people who don't want to talk to me, I, I never take a, it personally and go, you know, I choose my my worries, and you know, I choose my pain or what can you know bother me. And but um, talking about men, you have to understand also that this uh, Me Too uh, movement is putting a lot of pressure uh, uh, on men. And uh, sometimes we have to select what you have to say that you don't be you know put in a position that oh you sexual harassment. You know, but we we all I work in a lab. I work with a woman around. Um, well, they understand me because sometimes I use uh, French expressions that can be very, uh, very sexual, but they kind of understand. Uh, i give you an example. I told my colleague, uh, uh, I miss your cookies. Uh, so she make cookies and bring it to work. Well, of course, uh, people were laughing. I couldn't understand what, what I mean here in America, I miss your cookie. But of course, she came to my ear and told me, don't worry, I understand what you meant. Oh. That could be, you know, put me in a position like, oh, sexual harassment. But I, I really meant the cookie that she makes sometimes to bring in the, in the cafeteria or in the conference room and we all eat and, you know. So, no, I don't, 
I try to to just speak the way I speak, and they kind of understand. But men are under pressure about that. Uh, the Me Too. Uh, so we have to select carefully our words and uh, the way we approach uh, women. And I want to go back to what you said about you know you you got a bunch of letters. I think you said five hundred women wrote to you. Yeah, I select sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, select sixty best letters that I responded and I made it a book love like, like, like the French. And what did you find were the biggest themes? Why were women writing to you? Well, because they're not happy. Many are not happy. Um, um, there's a, I remember a lady asked me how, how, how a French man make love to a woman. Uh, well, I have to pause a moment to, to think about that letter because I think it's probably the most popular letter in the book. I think it's letter 37 or something like that. That's where I'm getting even more comments. Of course, uh, I, I I can tell you that, um, like I went out earlier, that uh, sex doesn't start in a bedroom. So if you're a man who thinks that you want to be with your partners, try not to to to, to have a conflict. Don't piss her off during the day and expect two hours later to have sex. She may have a lot of resentment for what you have done. Or be kind, you know, those things matter outside of the bedroom. So that makes things easier in the bedroom. Um, I respond to those ladies uh, by telling them that, uh, you know, in a bedroom, uh, a woman, a French woman in general, expected to be confident. And you have to be the lead as a man. Um, now, uh, now you have to be also careful also because what I notice here also that you have to be respectful or some people love the dirty words in a bedroom. It's a matter of choice. Whereas there are some French women who love it. Some people don't love it, especially you don't have sex with a feminist and you start throwing <laughs> disrespectful words, you're in trouble. So, so you have to find a good balance. <laughs> and also, uh, I would say that uh, the French uh, the women like to feel that the man knows what he's doing in a bedroom. Uh, so I, I, I'm not surprised that I see people, uh, like including myself, I always watch uh, the French women's sex shows. Uh, and you always learn something from a tip or something that you may have been doing wrong that you can say, oh, you know, uh, if you go too fast, maybe, you know, take a woman a time to warm up. So don't go too fast, you know, and don't, well, one of the challenges I face here, um, uh, women bring their cell phone in the bedroom and you're having sex. And that's, that's a faux pas uh, because every time you get a message, it's an interruption. Don't do that. Well, in one of the letters, um, the husband always bring a remote control. He's having sex and he's watching football. Oh, you have to know where you are or, you know, so those nuances are the small things matter. Yeah, that, that seems like a big thing. <laughs> I'd be very offended <laughs> if a partner brought the remote control in. It's funny because you mentioned. Yeah, you know, or leaving the bed the bed after, you know, once once the men come, the sex is over. 
But what men in love like a man, I was saying to men that that's the worst part to leave in the bed. Because I think the best conversation I have had with women in a bed, it's after the orgasm. Don't leave the bed, stay there. Don't go nowhere. Don't just quick and get out like you are just in a mission to just release your, you know, your, and then go. Small things, but very important. Yes, very important. Well, it's it's interesting because I I have a, a streaming course about about sex and it's based on my sex research. And one of the most interesting things when I asked women about the men who were best in bed, mm-hmm. what you said was one of the biggest surprising findings for me was oh. I think as a North American woman, I was expecting most of the answers to be about the time in the bed, right? Mm-hmm. The actual physical sex. And I think it was like 27% of women, or it was an extraordinarily high number of women talked about the lead up, the build up, things that happened before the bedroom, you know, the way that he texted me, the way that he put attention on me, exactly, um, the way that he was with me at dinner, the way he looked at me. And a lot of it was exactly what you're saying of, I mean, essentially what I got. Sex doesn't start in the bedroom. Yeah. And sex starts with, sex starts with making her feel special. There was something about feeling special. I feel seen. I feel known. I feel desired. I feel, um, yeah, seen is a big one. I feel seen instead of, I feel a little bit like you're having sex with me just because I'm right here. Like just because I'm next to you or just because you know, almost like I'm a sex toy, not quite I'm a sex toy, but something like I'm just here for that versus I like you. I see you. I want you. I notice you in the kitchen, in the restaurant, in on the street, or even via text, just little things made exactly. such a difference. And I think that was one of the revelations when I taught the course live, one of our participants was married and he started to do that more with his wife and he saw a big difference. Oh, it matters. In love, love like a man, I'm talking about it. I'm saying to a man that treat your partner like she was your best customer. Did you say best customer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Can you say more about that? But yeah, you know, you're a businessman, you're, you get the best customer, how you treat them. You treat them with care, like, a, like you know, you, you, you carry, you know, but 24 hours, 365 a day, you will have the best life. If you piss off your wife 365 a day, you will be miserable. <laughs> well, it's also funny because there is something about it's smaller. These smaller moments make a yeah. bigger difference than I think exactly. a lot of men realize. And so I, I would imagine that, you know, have you had any letters or have you had any responses from men who have said things like, I tried some of this and it worked really well. I can't believe how but much then stay consistent. The mm-hmm. problem is many things the men I'm seeing here, they try just at the moment. But I think you have to look at like someone running a marathon. You 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 have to think a long, long, long run, but just don't know immediately if I'm good now, I get good sex, and then it's like a reward. But no, build up over the years and months, and you have a good life. Uh, Voilà. 
Yes. And I think it's, it's actually does correlate to the sex research I've done, because one of the things, you know, we were talking about women speaking up. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that women said was, I was asking them about, you know, if something wasn't working for you in bed, did you tell him? If not, why not? And a lot of women said, yes, I said something. And he adjusted for about two minutes. And then he went back to the way that he'd been doing it. And I felt really bad bringing it up again because I didn't want to be a nag. I didn't want to feel like I had to keep telling him. And so then I just sort of tolerated something that didn't feel good or actually hurt because I didn't really want to hurt his feelings, but it wasn't pleasurable for me. Yeah. Because men, men are so, you know, in a position of uh, being defensive. Well, sometimes it's a a suggestion for the best, but they take it as a criticism. And that, that's why many women told me that they don't suggest because they just like he's going to see that I'm calling him a bad lover. Well, because they learn everything from porn. I mean, what's the point of taking a, a 50 position in a bed that's not realistic? Yeah, sex education here is on porn. And they think they can re- reproduce it and rep- re- replicate um, what they see, and that's impossible. They want a perfect body. Uh, they can flip their wife uh, uh, in uh, acrobatic uh, positions, and it doesn't work. You know, it, it's like uh, if you bring aggressivity to a woman who wants tenderness, it's like you're giving a bread to a, a woman who needs water, a woman who's thirsty. So figure out the best way you can talk, communicate. Communication is at any every level, what you like, what you don't. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that one of the things that you found was that French women are a lot more likely to speak up about sex, what they like and what they don't like. And I'm curious, you know, do you think that men in France are less defensive or why is it that French women are more empowered to speak up? Well, because French French men can cry to express their feelings. Um, I just wrote an article uh, this morning. Um, somebody asked me to write an article on uh, sharing feelings after a breakup. Oh, it's not unusual for a French men to cry or to express their emotion to a woman because a situation, even though, even though it's not a breakup, French men will cry. Uh, well, but that does not make French men less men or less viril. It's just a way of expressing. Well, here, I just noticed that men just don't share their emotions. And I think I'm not sure why. Why you think that if you don't share your emotions, you will be weak. I don't see any connection. And I also noticed that uh, um, machismo in America and virility is very confused among North, North American men. Viril being viril, virility Versus machismo. It's not the same thing. But they get it all mixed up. Yeah. Yeah. Can you say a little more about what you mean by that? Well, being a viril, right? It's it's a it's a quality of having strength. Well, you find also that uh, American uh, North American men think that to be a better partner is to be more aggressive. Being machismo and you know the male pride. 
you know, sometimes it does not work among some women. Some women may love that attitude, but some women may not. Oh, so if if you a guy, you think you meet a woman, you always have to think about it. That no, your way is not always the the best way. Yeah, I was reflecting on the um, one of the things in the course that I teach on sex is about talking about it, and I talk about kind of inviting her to share rather than waiting for her to share. Yes. And so it feels very masculine to me to, to be the one to create the space and invite her into it rather mm-hmm. than just ho- hoping or assuming if something isn't working, you know, she'll, she'll share. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, you know, do you ever do that of, of sort of proactively saying like, Hey, I really want this to feel good for you. I always want to know if something's working or not working. Do you feel like you you do that with women, especially around sex, or do you feel like you've you've grown in that area? Or what is that like? Well, it's it's about being proactive, being a proactive. Don't don't be don't wait to be asked, and do your own. And also, this is one question that French women hate. Don't ask her how was sex after sex. Don't, that's a faux pas. They never say that. Bring that topic maybe somewhere else at any, any you know, other time. But don't say, how was it? And seriously, if you want to be a good lover as a man, do your own work. Learn things. Like we do, we listen to women's show. It's always women give tips and things that... Or examples. Maybe you are one of those examples. You're doing it wrong, but your partner is afraid to to hurt your feelings. You've been carrying it for ten years. You know. Yeah, and I think there's, you know, speaking as a woman who has sex with men, mm-hmm. in my experience, there's a really big difference between a man asking, "How was that?" Mm-hmm. in a way that feels like to me. The question is really about him and his, ex- and it's about him and his performance. And performance, what yes. Hear, yeah. What he wants to hear is, oh, it was great. And it doesn't feel like it's about me or my experience versus like, hey, was there anything that you really loved there? Like, I would love to, here's what I enjoyed. Yes. I think there's a, I'm a big fan of the sex debrief, but yeah. when it feels like it's about, our shared experience, what I enjoyed, how it felt for me. That's very different than how was that for you? Yeah. For you. Because I want, yeah, I want to get a good review or I, you know, I I'm invested and it feels really, 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 really hard to say actually some of it kind of hurt. And no wonder why women will go and fake. Yeah. Because you want a review uh, so bad. You want to be lifted. uh, Well, uh, you, you, I'll give you a tip. Some women will tell you that if you ask me that question, they will throw you on your face. You were not God. So that hurt you even more, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and so in your new book, In Love Like a Man, can you give us a few of the tips, the concrete tips that you're providing for, it sounds like mostly North American men? Yes, uh, I would say one of the, when I come to sexuality, um, to think like sex is like a dance. 
if your partner is dancing tango and you're dancing salsa, it won't work. So always to think that we men, we get an erection, we get home very quick. It takes a woman to take a, take a time, pause. And I found these classes like yoga help so much to control your mind, your, your emotions don't jump in to be just like, bam, bam, it's done, bye. Those things matter, you know. Um, yeah, and learn, go to bed confident, know what you want, what you want and what you want to do and always be in consideration that you, it takes two to have sex. It's not just all about you, you know. Um, and uh, one more lesson that I would say, I found out interesting, a woman here don't like when a man has no, no idea about anything. That answer they said, I don't know. I don't know. What's your opinion about this? I don't know. What do you want to eat today? I don't know. Oh, oh we, we do as you want. It's like, and they said, you know, take the lead. Sometimes it's very important that women want to feel like you, the leader in a relationship, and you make decisions. And always, even in a, in a, in a term of decisions making, you always have to ask your partner opinion so that she knows that she matters too. Resentment, I just see a lot of frustrated wife here. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I've seen them. I talk to them. And they share. They say, oh, they find out I read your book. And they just open up and telling stories about their own husband and partners. Like, I mean, learn. Yeah. Great learn. I like that. I have a spirit of openness and learning and growing. And I think there's a, there is a, I do, I agree. I love feeling leadership from a man, feeling him leading. And I think that, you know, it, I remember um, I was ending a date with a man at some point and we had just gone for a hike. Anyway, uh, there was this moment where it was like, we could probably keep spending time together or not. And I remember him saying, um, what would feel really good to you to do right now? Mm. And I was like, I would love to watch the sunset somewhere with a good view. And he was like, I'm on it. Yeah. And it was so interesting because again, kind of like we were saying, you know, saying, how was that for you versus what felt good there? How, how was that for you? And it, it can be this, even the same words, yeah. but the spirit of it is attention on you versus attention on me. Yeah. And in the moment I realized that, that the way that he asked it, it felt really different from like, so what should we do now? Yeah. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't. So what should we do now? It wasn't, Hey Mel, come up with a plan for us. Yeah, it was, yeah. Hey, feminine being, what would feel really good to yeah. you right now? And I'm going to make that happen. So I do think there's a way that men can elicit her desire mm. in a way that does feel like leading. And yeah. that's very different from what should we do for dinner tonight? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, it's okay. Go back to the umbrella of uh, communication. Think, uh, um, just noticing that North American men just missing out so much in there from you know the paying more attention because it, it's just uh, going wrong in a way that 
Then they say, man, don't listen. You know, pay attention. But sometimes, you know, you see that maybe your wife left the house. You didn't know this is what she wore. You know? Or she got to go get a haircut. You even know noticing that she got a haircut. And like, which planet do you live? You know? You know? Well, and I think there's also something really delightful about being around a happy woman, right? Mm -hmm. A radiant woman, because I notice when I do feel um, noticed and I feel like attention is on me, Mm -hmm. I, or, or if he does something for me, like you said, with the bicycle, right? Getting her bike, Mm -hmm. setting up her bike, just helping in some way. I feel like I show up as a brighter and more effervescent mm-hmm. and happier and just more lit up woman. And so yeah. I, I do think that these small things that we're talking about and gestures and things like that. And of course, in this conversation, we're assuming that, you know, this is a sane, healthy woman that you're interacting with, not someone that, you know, has a, you know, disorder that makes her angry all the time, for example, but mm-hmm. a sort of sane, healthy woman, if, you do sort of do these small things and learn and grow and, and kind of like water the flower, then you beautiful flower. Then it's Mm -hmm. like, Whoa, like look at all this energy I get back from this beautiful, radiant, excited, happy, lit up person in my life. You know, I really, really think there's a difference between the way that women show up when they feel loved exactly when they don't. And it's remarkably different. So you, you've been in France, you saw that, uh, how important dinner is important uh, in a family that everybody want to be at home by seven because it's a time where people meet and know talk about their day. Well, in North America, it's 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 office world. Very few people cook, um, which is unfortunate. But to be in a family in a house and to uh, spouse and talking and catching up with their day, it's so important. Very important that makes the, the, the relationship even more uh, closer. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, as we sort of start to wrap up here, I'm wondering if you have any any more tips or anything from the um, "Love Like a Man" book that you would like to to share with us. Um, well, I would just uh, tell men that pay attention, pay attention, and I repeat it again: treat your partner like she was your best customer. I really like that one. You will have the best life. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Guy. Yeah. So they can find me on uh, Amazon. And uh, my, my my website is uh, thefrenchperspective.com. Okay. Thefrenchperspective.com. I'll also put that in the show notes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Great.